What is up, guys? It is Stu. It is the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And in case you didn't hear, earlier this month, we announced that Urban Movement is releasing its license model. The brand that I created in Charlotte, North Carolina, that we've been so successful at wedging ourselves within the competition of the white space between the cardio heavy, you know, orange theories of the world and F45s and the CrossFit like models, the more barbell based models, the community driven models. Urban movement has found its amazing stride right in that white space. And we want to align ourselves with other owners who want to help us grow that brand in their city. We are going to be giving you everything we had created for the franchise model, which was going to cost you $250,000, but then 2020 showed up and we had to pivot. So we're practically giving it away at a license model price of $12,000 a year, $1,000 a month. That price will go up. So if you want to be in the first generation, I highly recommend submitting your inform information sooner than later. But guys, you're going to get the strictest geographical protection in the industry. Nobody else does this. You will get a license and nobody within your city limits can also open up a license. You will have full control of your city in bringing urban movement to that city. And you're finally going to have a true unique you're going to have something that doesn't look like CrossFit, doesn't look like berries. It has its own flavor and style. Anyone who walks in will instantly recognize, I haven't seen this before. That's what we've been getting here in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's what's made us so successful. And now I want to expand that success to other micro gym owners and operators. You're also not going to have to worry about any more remote workouts. We will do all the workouts for you. Movement Anywhere is a amazing feature-packed, full HD quality workout videos that surround and encompass the Urban Movement brand. And it's a perfect complement to the in-person experiences as we navigate through these crazy times. You're going to get our entire marketing and branding suite. So we have the photos, the videos, the copy. If you want Facebook ads, we'll show you which ones we've run in the past, which ones will work for you. And you're going to get full business support. My two GMs that have grown Urban Movement from day one with me. I mean, they literally have had their DNA all over the creation of this brand. We'll be working side by side with our licensees to make sure they have a successful launch. Guys, we're super excited about it. If you want to submit your interest, go to the link in my Instagram bio, put it in there, and then we'll be contacting you with the further interview and application process. Remember, only one per city, guys. One license per city. Now, if you have that license, you can open up as many as you want, but we are not going ahead and crushing this thing. We're probably going to do between five and 10 in the first year and then create second generations the next year. So I'm super excited. I'm, I'm done talking about it. Let's get into the podcast. Thank you for listening. See you soon. This is WTF, not Sweat Local. All right. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And for the first time ever, I have Deuce Wright, William Deuce Wright, the th nope, not the second. Deuce. William Timothy Wright, the second. William Deuce Timothy Wright, the second. In your three years, you still can't spell. I can't name. spell Deuce. I, I, it's the I before E, except that there's no, there's I. no I. There's no I. It's just <laughs> there's E's and U's, and I just whatever. It's it. Deuce is spelled D O O C E. If I had it my way, S E. If I had it my way, that's how it'd be spelled. Um. All right. So I've got Deuce on here. We are going to be jamming today on. Uh, this will be one of many pieces that we're going to put out about the unique belief of fitness that we have at Urban Movement and just in general tempo training. And for this first one, we're just going to kind of wrap on 
why we decided out of all the things you can like put science, like all the exercise sciences out there, why did we land on tempo? And I, I'm going to start with you on this. You are, um, when did you start doing CrossFit? Uh, 2012, 2012. Okay. So you start doing CrossFit in 2012 and for you now looking at it and for just to give context, everyone, Deuce has had probably the bit if if I get the claim if I'm the the architect of this thing and I got an idea, Deuce is like one of my general contractors who like put it together. It was like, oh, I know you drew that up, but it doesn't work like that. Like <laughs> you you need to measure twice, cut once, you fucker. Like and Deuce has pretty much single handedly in a bunch of late night. Uh, I'm assuming. Uh, Adderall crazed <laughs> Google Docs kind of just fucking manifestos have just cranked out what we now have is tempo training. So I want to ask you, looking at it now, what what do you see is the biggest difference between what you had with the Believe in Fitness you had prior as a CrossFitter and a CrossFit coach for five years at another gym and then and now here and in, in what you've created with tempo training? Yeah, I mean, so when I got into CrossFit, so I just got done playing college baseball. Um and I finished, like, my sophomore year, I stopped, and I wanted something to compete in still. So I still wanted to compete, something to push me, and I found CrossFit. And it was perfect. I loved it. Um, fast forward, I would say, like, 2017. And that was kind of the point to where I stopped worrying about competing. I wasn't trying to, like, win any local throwdowns. I wasn't trying to place in regionals. And then it kind of hit me, and I was like, why am I still training just to go faster? Because it comes to a point where it's like, okay, I'm working out. I don't think I'm any fitter. I think it's just I'm better at tolerating pain. And okay. that's it. Um, and so I started looking at it from my point of view and then looking at everybody else in a general group fitness class. And then these people who are 40 years old, they have kids, whatever it is. And I'm watching them like, why am I pushing them to go faster? And I'm watching their form break down. And I'm like, I don't – this doesn't make sense in my head. Um, and so we kind of shifted, I shifted where I was and I hopped on the Marcus Philly functional bodybuilding train and all of a sudden I get introduced to this tempo training and I'm not having to, it was a big ego check cause I'm having to drop the weight on the barbell and squat four seconds down and four seconds up. And all of a sudden my joints feel better. I'm not constantly sore. I don't feel like I'm burnt out. And I'm like, well, if this is, I mean, I'm now I'm 29, but at the time I was 27 years old. I'm like, you know, if this is good for me, it's got to be good for everybody else. Um, and so then I think that's the point to where we started shifting a little bit in here. And there was a there was a, a kind of a let's try this. All right, it doesn't work. Let's shift it back. Or let's find something that works. Let's tweak it around a little bit. Um, so that's been the biggest thing is not necessarily coaching people like, hey, go faster just to go faster. Is let's slow this down. Let's fill some body mechanics. Let's fill some body awareness. Um, and then there's just so many benefits that come with it. Um, and I think that was the biggest change was just realizing going faster just for the sake of going faster. There's not a whole lot of benefit to that. Yeah, I, I think when I look and I think it's when the general public just views a standard CrossFit workout, the number one thing that you're going to kind of pick apart is that looks just sloppy, haphazard. Yeah. It, it just it's a screen door and a hurricane kind of scenario. And in there's very few people that have the mechanic, like watching someone barbell cycle, like yeah. watching someone super efficient with a barbell that can like wield it like fucking Emerald can wield a choppy knife. Right. It's just like, like that is a work of art. Yeah. 
but that's also someone who's like training cadence to that entire thing to be as optimal as like the average person here wielding a barbell would be like having me wield a choppy knife right. and I'm like I'm going to cut myself yeah. that's exactly that's gonna happen let's take it back for everyone so I you know in some of the content I've made uh, I talk about you've got to establish this unique belief in fitness and it's not truly unique it's not like we came up with any of this right. you have to the the ingredients are all out there we're just kind of grabbing certain ones like you even look at you know CrossFit Greg Glassman um, a lot of what he did and he references in like early work and early videos it was a lot of Joel Jameson, who was a huge metabolic conditioning, wrestling conditioning kind of guy. And a lot of the stuff that you see in CrossFit definitely comes from that that circuit of work. For us, you know, we look at guys like um, there's Australian strength coach Ian King. Yeah. He is, you know, he was the first one to put three digits to tempo. He was the first one. So if any of you guys have ever seen tempo written, uh, tempo being, you know, you'd see like currently you'd see like 4-1-X-1 or 4 one three one whatever that is and it and essentially just reads eccentric you know your pause concentric pause um and and that's for anyone all the strength code every you guys listening you all know how to read tempo if you don't know how to read tempo right now and you own a gym just just put down the podcast right now if you're driving in your car just (laughs) if you're driving in the car just wean it right into a (laughs) fucking guardrail um but he did so he did three he did three uh digit tempo writings and then poliquin came through he did four but Ian's stuff really stuck, especially in the realm of hypertrophy. His thing was four seconds per rep is what you want forever and always for hypertrophy. And, and again, first first coaches out there or CrossFit coaches that got your lovely level one certification while you're a dental hygienist and you're not familiar with hypertrophy, this is the goal of why these people come in. They don't come in to increase work capacity across broad time and modal domains. You spoon fed them that idea. Now they want to. They come in to build muscle, look better, and, and be stronger human beings. Um, fill out t-shirts, all that good shit. And I think we've, we started really diving into that and looking and even, you know, most recently where we have kind of, you know, dialed in specific tempos based on absolute strength or is it more uh, hypertrophy or muscular endurance or if we're looking at a sprint workout like our, our speed ones, we're not really attributing any hyper or any tempo to those whatsoever. Why do you think in the group setting, why do you think we've had people really take to this and again you and me come from a lens where this is better than i think we have some people that don't even have that lens like they may have never done crossfit like they don't they even really realize that this is unique or special in any way shape or form like oh that's just how they do it but people gravitate towards it in a customer standpoint why do you think that is i just think i think it's something completely different um there's i mean we've gotten to a point now to where when you look at i mean not just crossfit but f45s and a lot of these other places it's how fast can you go and everywhere you go, it seems like, all right, cool, I want you to do this, but I want you to do it as fast as possible. And now it's it's something completely different. I think there's a different stimulus to it. You feel different when you walk out of here. I think you have a better feel for the movements, too. Um, and I think you get a, a more of a respect for the movements, too. Um, you know, back to that whole four-second thing, taking the four seconds is the key, taking that stretch-shortening cycle out to where, hey, if I can make this last four seconds, I don't have to worry about the stretch-shortening cycle. To where, you know, you look at people, the squat's the biggest offender. You watch people squat, and they're just bouncing out of the bottom. And you're going, you know, are you even using the right muscles? Do you even know what it feels like? Constantly coaching people. Like in an overhead press, that's a big one for me. Um, You know, you go through and push presses, and you're like, all right, cool, squeeze your abs overhead. And they're like, I don't know what the hell that means. I'm only spending a quarter of a second over there, so what's it matter? 
And then now it's, hey, cool, I want you to press this barbell overhead. I want you to hold it there for four seconds. That's when they start feeling this of, oh, cool, all right, my abs are kicking in, my glutes are squeezed, I'm pressing up on the barbell, this is all good stuff. Yeah. Um, but I just, I think it's something different. Yeah. I, I think, you know, when I think of these and I, I'm, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to keep picking on CrossFit for this, but like the barbell intensive models where speed is the name of the game. Um, you see people ha- like use their body as a leverage point to go faster. So like you ever see like the clang and bang power yeah. cleans where it's bounced off the thighs right. and then some girl in, you know, fleo shorts goes home to her husband. And he's like, do they beat you with bamboo <laughs> yeah. sticks? They're like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Why do you have like broken blood vessels of this line across your lap? There's like an <laughs> elephant sit on you. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Were you in a car accident? Um, or like, uh, the, like you mentioned it with the pressing. It was a huge one for me too, is watching people. Like I used to have just marks on my collarbone and it like, uh, remember Chris Webster? Uh huh. So he had like a protrude, like his collarbone protruded out yeah. more than ever. And like the bruises that fucking kid would get, I literally was like, he's going to break or like fracture his collarbone yeah. from a push jerking 205 for multiple reps. It's that's going to happen. And I think with tempo, it, you know, what I want to, and I've even talked to you about this. We'll, I'll drop it here. I I want us to do like a, call it like a, what's 22, I need two words to be with T, make it for branding or for marketing, like a 20 day tempo challenge or something like that, 20 days of tempo. And we are literally going to challenge like people who go, go hard and go fast and CrossFit and give like, we're just going to write out 21 workouts with tempo and it, it'll be like antagonist. It'll be like, this is Fran. This would be how we do it. This is Murph. This is how we do it. Blah, 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 blah. And 20 days. And then the last 10 days, go back to your other training. So I want it yeah. to be like 20 days of our style of tempo training, then give them 10 days of going back to whatever the fuck they were doing before. And tell me if you don't feel like a little bit more of not a bitch, but like, just like you feel like, yeah, I really am not owning the movement and the end. Humbled is a good way to put it. Oh yeah. yeah. Humbled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, and you just cause you threw Fran out there. Um, I think back to the tempo thing is it's, it's appealing to everybody. Everybody gets, everybody feels the effect of it. No matter how fit you are or how unfit you are, everybody feels it. Versus, not picking on Fran, but let's take Fran as an example. I have Sally, who's 40 years old. Fran, for everyone, just for context, for anyone who's not in the the CrossFit world, you do 21 thrusters followed by 21 pull-ups, 15 thrusters, 15 pull-ups, 9 and 9 as fast as possible. This is a workout that at a really high level is done in this like 3 to 4 minute range. And everybody everybody is supposed to be done under 8 minutes. And, you know, Sally comes in, she's 40 years old. The last time she sprinted was when she was 16 years old. She doesn't have this fifth gear to kick it into. She does empty barbell thrusters, do a box and ring rows. Everybody else is laid out on the floor and she's like, okay, um, I guess I'll go do 300 crunches in the back to get a workout in before I go home. Yeah. And it's just, it doesn't appeal to everybody. No. It doesn't, not everybody's getting the same effect as it, you know, for with tempo, everybody feels the same. No matter what weights on the barbell you're going to feel the difference. Yeah, the dose response is much more universal. And the problem with new people to CrossFit, CrossFit, a lot of the movements require power output. Well, let's just use rowing. To be a good, effective rower, you need to have a strong, you need strong legs, you need to be able to engage that core and have a decent follow-through with technique. But like without, like I remember the number, like you want a, Kyle Ruth, he coached me for a while. He, his thing was, if you want a better 500 meter row time, Get a better front squat, right? Get a better front squat, get a better deadlift. That will give you it because it's just power output. Yeah. So you cross it, you have things like wall balls. And like we all have had that client where we watch someone do an exercise like a wall ball. I'm like, 
why do they just look like they just can't like they can't do it? I've given them the lightest weight ball. I could give them a ball made out of air, yeah. and I still feel like they just have no ability to control because they've never developed power throughout any element of a squat. The top standing, the ascent, the bottom, or the the uh, the ascent back up, the descent and the ascent. There's been never been any time spent there, so there's no power, no musculature, no body control, no awareness. Right. No, I would Kelly Strout when he came out with the was it called like the 10 minute squat test where he for the open up your hip, she'd spend 10 minutes down the bottom of the squat that gave people so much awareness of what that felt like. Are my my hips too low and I'm getting butt wink? Are my hips high enough just right at that perfect spot? And that's way harder to hold like the public toilet seat kind of scenario. Um, And then I like that for the beginners coming in because it forces them to understand what it feels like, force them to develop strength there. And then for the experienced guy. I've never, I I never get more sore now than when we have tempoed some version of pressing and you prescribe a descent tempo. So let's say it's a push press. It might be a push press with a three second hold and let's call it a a four second descent down. And I'm like slowly squeezing that barbell back down to the collarbone. And it feels exactly like, I mean, it's, it's an, it's an eccentric, it feels like a pull up. Right. Like I'm essentially pulling that barbell slow and steady back to my collarbone. It is this, my lats are lit up the next day. My body, like everything, my shoulder girdle is just fucking fried. Cause I started doing CrossFit in 06. I'm talking like however many fucking years that is of just letting gravity be my training partner. Right. Just let it fall down. to do the, half the rep. Uh, push it up and gravity takes care of the rest. Talk about this. So I never, until we started doing tempo, I never even really thought about it. You're literally not doing 50% of the work. Like that is, that's the biggest thing. Like the dead, deadlift is, I think a big one. Yeah. Talk about the hack that we use. Cause we still, you know, we still utilize the deadlift in there. It's a great exercise. Talk about the, the, not even the hacks the, talk about how we tackle stuff like deadlifts with our style of tempo training uh, and what movement hacks and, you know, prescriptions we give on that. Yeah. And it, you know, it's back to that tempo thing of making you control the weight back down after every single rep. It's not, you know, God, 21 deadlifts at 225 for for time, and it's just bar drop after bar drop after bar drop. It's just holding on to the bar, like, but gravity's doing the dude, work. I need an Excedrin migraine right now. Yeah, this yeah. This is the worst. Yeah. And then, you you know, and you, you sit there, and, you know, you see that happen, and then the next week it's, all right, cool, we're going to do deadlifts five by three, and it's going to be you carry it down, and you go right back up, and all of a sudden it looks like they've never lifted a barbell before in their life. Sure. The first rep is terrible. And it's just struggling to get through it. So, I mean, we started putting, enforcing the rule of, hey, you're not going to drop the barbell. You're going to control it back down. Even if there's not a tempo on the way down, like when we run power cleans, you know, there's not an eccentric tempo. But I still want you to be able to control that weight down. Put it back where you got it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Dorian Yates, he's got a great quote. And he's a, he's a bodybuilder, for those of you who don't know. But his thing was, hey, if you can't pause for one full second in the middle of a rep, you're not lifting the weight. You're using momentum. Like you're not doing the work, the momentum's doing the work. And that's a great um, quote. And that's a, I think that's a great way to think about it is if you can't control that barbell down, you're not doing the work. You're 100%. doing either half the work, gravity's doing the rest, or you're bouncing it off the floor most likely. Yeah. Using that, that rubber bumper plate on rubber floor, yeah, boom, 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 boom. Um, we've all, you know, the thing I really like we do with the deadlifts, we got rid of uh, flip grip. Mm-hmm. You know, that was something I remember my early, in, even in 2014, started getting rid of flip grip just because one shoulder's internally rotated, one shoulder's externally rotated. And it just, it was, you know, I remember, I think I was going to a physical therapist one time for something and he instantly goes, Oh, you flip grip with the left, uh, pronated and the right supine. I was like, 
Yeah, how'd you know that? He's like, because you're standing in front of me and you you have the fucking posture of someone who does that. I was like, holy shit, that that makes a hundred. That's so much. That makes so much sense. So go double double grip overhand. And we had some guys come in that come from other barbell based gyms, and we tell them, hey, on our deadlifts, uh, number one, it's double overhand grip. Like a man, you have to, yeah. you actually have to have the grip strength for it. And then instantly 60 pounds comes off the barbell because yeah. they can't do right it away. right away. Um, and you have to hand release at the bottom. And the hand release at the bottom yeah. is the thing I like that we do the most because it takes just like the hand release at the bottom of a push up forces you to have to re grip that bar because the hardest rep of any deadlift set is the first, the very first one, yeah. especially in a touch, like when you touch and go. Yeah, and it teaches you – that hand release teaches you to regain tension at the bottom and set up properly because it's one of those things if I just lackadaisically take it down, even if I control it all the way and then I hand release and just grip and rip, everything's out of whack. Yeah. So it teaches you to find the right mechanics, make sure everything's set, gain that tension, and get a good solid lift every single rep. Yeah. So like this podcast we'll talk about is like – I think I'm probably just going to title it as like why we chose Tempo – um, for our unique belief in fitness. But like the other thing is, you know, I look at is not every resistance training movement needs to be a metabolic conditioning session. I actually think, I, I mean, our belief is that it should be the exact opposite. When you have that barbell in your hand or dumbbells and, and there's some movements that there we, there we'll talk about, but the by and large 90 plus percent of the time, that is time to lift slow and which slow is strong live nice and steady focus on actually controlling everything you know if you're doing that ring row actually engaging the lats not just pulling with the biceps at the fucking top or the bottom of every rep and not everything needs to be metabolic i remember you know again barbell bias you know crossfit like models like what we lift weights and we do cardio you know what we do for cardio we lift weights faster yeah. right like which was cool to say back in like 2007 i felt yeah, it was re- really cool if you sucked at running a mile yeah like, exactly yeah, uh, my gym. yeah my That's cardio the whole reason i got into it <laughs> yeah, i don't want it to run i heard i just get to lift more weights i just do it faster yeah. and it's uh it just becomes one of those things where i don't believe that resistance tra- i think believe resistance training should be done slower because it actually allows you to then that's what resistance training is there for. These seven foot barbells, these fucking fifty three pound kettlebells, no, they weren't designed for cardio, right? Right? Like, you're, yes, of course, your heart rate gets up, but like they were designed to get you stronger, to use gravity against your favor and fight gravity with a load, right? Yeah, it's just it's so interesting to sit back and and the biggest thing about tempo too, and for me watching this in a group fitness model is the the joint wear and tear. Um, you know, I think we've we've seen a lot less joint problems, a lot less achy knees and achy elbows, and it's just that repetition of just over and over and over, and people are getting in this gray area up to where you're coaching, you're sitting there like, uh, I don't know if I should say something, like they're on that line of, all right, cool, you're almost done, and since you're almost done, your form's starting to break down, but I'm going to let you go. Yeah. And that was always the notorious. hardest one of just, you know, that threshold training of like, ah, I don't know if I say something because then now it's for time and they're going to be like, why are you talking to me? I'm trying to be Johnny from 6 a.m. And so now that's, I mean, that's completely gone. Yeah. And being able to, you know, slow people down on purpose and have the control, a lot more control over the volume of reps people are going to do has been huge from a programming aspect. Yeah, that's it's super hard if you're programming something and let's say, it, you know, you're doing like one of these AMRAPs or whatever and you you got to like, well, I think the best person's going to get this many rounds. I think the, the, the low, but then the best person gets this many rounds, which might be too much volume depending on how many days they're going to come in and best person, you know, in air quotes. But the 
the most novice person pro- might not even get enough yeah. reps. Like novice, low training age individuals need more volume, more reps. They can handle more of that as long as, again, everything's appropriately yeah. weighted and all that kind of stuff. Um, the other thing I really like about tempo training, and I harped on this, you co- so when the Self-Made Summit was here, you coached that class, and we had all those gym owners in, and then I, I did like a big powwow. Everyone kind of sat down afterwards. I was kind of walking and talking through it, and my favorite thing is there, so there's a, we had a, we had a sold out urban movement class of gym owners, uh, 24 people. And then we probably had another 24, 30 plus people just watching and spectating. And I'm kind of talking to the group spectating. And the one thing I remember saying to them is you guys see that what's happening. You're like, take a look at this right now. Now pretend you're a prospect and you're in here for the first time and you've never done any of this. And your class, you had everyone in the warm up is obviously, okay, guys, we're doing a thruster. You're going to squat down in three seconds hold for one second, come out in three seconds and hold that barbell overhead for a second, whatever the tempo was that day. Yeah. And look how methodical and clean it is. It's not scary and aggressive with varying degrees of speed on this barbell. Like, oh, like none of this, like it, it does, it looks cohesive. It looks safe. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's huge because sitting there and every now and then I'll watch a class through the window and I watch it move and I'm like, this is just aesthetically way more pleasing. Yes. And if it's, aesthetically more pleasing to me someone who's been around this a while it's got to be more pleasing to someone who has no earthly idea what the hell is going on sure um yeah i mean that's been huge and just it's so much easier to coach people and change the weights and talk them out of dude maybe we don't need to put 185 on this barbell because i don't want you to jack your back up and they're like no okay cool yeah, yeah or it, it, and it's also just like you take them through the warm-up reps with tempo, and someone it, it, it kind of is it fixes the problem for you. Like yeah. you, like you said, uh, the Yates quote. Like some of those guys in the warm-up, when they're fresh, their CNS isn't fried, their heart rate's not at one eighty, they're able to move that barbell. Oh yeah, that looks pretty good. He looks pretty strong. But you make people, we make them warm up with tempo, and then we make them hit generally the major resistance training movements they're doing in that move for the day. We we have them do it in the lift. So now we've seen them for five, six, whatever many sets um, using that tempo, and that instantly is just a perfect gut check. Like you, you might be able to move 185 or whatever that weight is when you can go as fast as possible and rely on your buddy momentum and gravity. You can't do it when we make you control it down and control it up. Or what? Yeah. The push-ups are a great one. Even we, let's get out of the barbell world. Like watching guys that just you know you know tit fuck the floor with their push-ups just pop 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 and just slow it down man three seconds down three seconds up like a six second per rep and it seems obnoxious because it fucking is yeah. but that is strength being able to control this thing from start to finish and not need to rush through it because the only reason you rush through a rep is because you have it programmed in you i have to beat this person for their fitness model or because this is really hard I need to. I need the speed to like force these last right. handful of reps or yeah. all the reps. And I want to get it that over. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I want to get this thing fucking over. We are. You're allowed to swear on this podcast, yeah. by the way. I don't know if you don't know if you know that or not. Um, the uh, the I want to get it the f over. Uh, the thing I've been getting a lot of. Uh, someone it was in a Facebook group, and he's like, 
I, I posted one of the videos, like I think it is the what is tempo training video uh-huh. inside of a CrossFit uh, gym owners group. And someone's like, oh, look, it's the guy who, what's the, he, look, it's the guy who does CrossFit, but slower. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was fucking, fucking I know, good. I thought it was fucking great. I was like, I'm like, like dude, high five for that one. Dude, it, I like, I want to make a t-shirt just like, it's like CrossFit, but slower. <laughs> like, that would be fucking hilarious just to fucking troll myself. But I, a bunch of people chimed in like, oh, dude, this isn't special. I, I use tempo. We use tempo frequently in our thing. I'm like, no, cool. I'm not talking about like we use tempo. Like, it is the everything in our program. Yeah. And we have movements that are metabolically conditioning based. That we we're not putting tempos to burpees unless it's a push up burpee. We're not putting tempos to a box jump. We're not putting tempos necessarily to a like a a, a dumbbell snatch, right? I guess maybe we could hit it and hold for three right. seconds overhead. But there are some movements that yes, we allow to be a kettlebell swing. We're not putting yeah. a tempo to. But I mean, I would say in that ninety ish percentile and higher. It has a tempo if it's a resistance training element or a body a body weight element. Yeah, and I mean, and to that point, like if you're coaching people ninety percent of the time to go fast, you like, tempo training isn't for you. Sure, like you got to practice like you play. I mean, you don't sit there and see the Olympic lifters that are going down five seconds in a squat and then holding for six seconds and then coming up in five because that's not the name of the game. The name of the game is to fucking get out of the bottom of the hole. Sure. So if you're a CrossFit gym training people to PR their, their yeah. and, and for whatever, enter female name time, that kind of right. scenario, like it's... And it's just, yeah, and especially if it's, well, we're going to put tempo in this workout, but I want you to go as fast as possible. Yeah. Like, no, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, like no one's going to listen to the tempo. It's an oxymoron, They're yeah. Like, this is stupid. Like, yeah. I'm just going to go as fast as possible. Yeah, I'm just, like, if, that's the, if that's the goal. And so I've got guys, uh, so what's, uh, so Stu, uh, why should I do whatever movement license? I could just start doing tempo at my gym. I'm like, bro, if you went to your members tomorrow and said, hey, there's this gym in Charlotte and they're like, we're, they're doing tempo. It seems to be working for them. We're going to, you'd break your gym in a heartbeat because all those members have been robotically programmed of speed is king. If you're not first, you're last, go hard, go fast, and they will not want to shift. I mean, you were here when we made this transition yeah. over. We had purged the vast majority of the CrossFitters there. But even then we had some people that kind of came back at some point, maybe had moved or they, they, you know, they finally saw the light. And at first it's like, okay, so wait a minute. I'm not, it's not for time. I'm not supposed to go as fast as possible. And you have to rewire that brain. So anyone like listening to this, like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to do tempo all the time, like urban movement and do tempo training. Like you're going to break your gym and piss off a lot of people unless you really do the work like we did and lay out the blog post and the videos and explain it in class and have movement service announcements and make sure people literally completely buy into your belief in fitness, which leads me to like my last favorite piece. Why tempo training? Why do we select that? It's not as much why exactly tempo training. I think it's just such, and again, to, to suck our own dicks here, the fact that we were able to completely turn the dial 180 degrees and say this is the way it's getting done. And we had dissenters, of course, like the hardcore crossfitters. And the thing about it, most of those people are still hardcore crossfitters. So it was yeah. just it was a it was a good breakup because it was not it's not what they wanted. But those that were on the fence, we converted very successfully. And we, the fact that we were able to pivot that and like like nope, 
we're the fitness professional that you trust, not Ben Bergeron in, in New England, not some guy who you follow on Instagram, like yeah. um, who's going to be coming and be like, hey, um, I, you know, I tested my back squat and my front squat, and my front squat's supposed to be eighty five percent of my back squat one RM, and it's not. So why do you hate the anterior chain? Like, all, like all that. <laughs> like, what's your deal? We were literally able to completely convert um, a membership to this unique belief in fitness. With virtually outside of the the CrossFitters who it sh- they should never have, they shouldn't be doing our thing, very little bloodshed outside yeah. of those guys. Yeah, and that's a true story. The day that we kind of purged all those people, that was like my first admin day with Isaac. <laughs> she was like, "All right, cool. So you are going to work on cancellation today." <laughs> I went home. Courtney was like, "I was work." I was like, "I don't know about this place, man. I don't know." <laughs> They lost a lot Obviously, of people. I'm still here, so it my, worked out. My, okay. my first day, <laughs> I processed 40 cancellations. Yeah, um, it was fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like for everyone listening. You know, we're gonna keep doing these podcasts on the programming side, um, and we're gonna dial it in. So, because it, it's not just about tempo; it's about what type of tempo, how long, and in when. So, yeah. the the things I want to break out in the future, I want us to take a look at our three unique workout styles, which are sprints, builds, and grinds what kind of a tempos we attribute to them and why. And then talking about the actual length of a tempo, I want to talk about like accumulating time under tension, how much time under tension do we want for hypertrophy versus absolute strength, all that nerdy geek out shit. Um, but yeah, man, I, I really appreciate all the work that you've put in on this. Uh, in the wee hours of the night, I just would wake up to like a 10-page fucking Google Doc in my inbox. I was like, oh, Deuce didn't sleep. Um, he's going to look like shit from coach's class today. But hey, let me let me leave through this. Uh, and for any of the guys that are jumping on the uh, the license, we have created the Movement Manifesto is what we ended up calling it. And it's an entire document. Um that goes all through this stuff, like to the finite details, like more in depth, like this podcast, it's not meant to be a teaser. Like I'm, I don't think, I don't believe in IP. I'm not like hiding any of this, but uh, it will be the in-depth, very science, much more. If you're a pro- fitness professional and you want to learn more about our, like what we call tempo training and how we execute that at Urban Movement, the Movement Manifesto will be given to you when you become an official licensee. And this is the hard part for you. We get a gym. Let's say we open up uh, Urban Movement Shy in Chicago, and I don't know. You drop in, or you you're watching from afar, or whatever it may be, and they're just like, "Yeah, don't really like your tempo thing." And we walk in there, and they're not doing tempo. What do we do? Like, do we do anything? And like, I've had tons of people ask me that, and I'm like, "Listen, it's a license model. We can't make them. You know, if they they really love the brand and they want to pay and they want to, they're cool and they're not a douchebag or whatever, but they're just not really down with tempo." you know, I'm, I'm probably still going to let them be a part of it. I'm just probably going to like use them as a scapegoat, not a scapegoat, but I'm going to use them as an example when their thing doesn't work as well. Cause they're essentially just CrossFit with a different name or whatever the fuck they were doing yeah. prior kind of scenario. I think you, you said it the first thing, the very first point, when you come in, whether you're a novice and have never done barbell bias fitness classes before, it looks approachable. It looks accomplishable. It looks fun. It makes strength training not look scary. And then from a veteran standpoint, you now have longevity on your side. And and again, I cannot wait till we do 20 days of tempo training and challenge anyone here. Do 20 days. I want you to hashtag us on it. Fucking let us know that you're doing it. And then I want like real time feedback from people because I think for the veteran or even the, the, uh, 
you know, what's it we call like an intermediate training yeah. age individual. I think it's just fucking so goddamn eye opening. Yeah, and it's something completely different, probably that most people have never done. Yeah, and it's like especially for that length of time. Yeah, versus like, oh yeah, I did one day to where I did a bunch of slow squats. Sure, like, let's do it over and over. Hundred percent. Like you know, do it. Like you only did four fucking Z presses. But like, yeah, man. But each rep was nine fucking seconds. Yeah. Like you're talking literally a minute of lifting. It, you know, when you have to break it up. Like right. it's, it's anyway. I'm I'm real excited, dude. With Deuce, we'll be on here more. Uh, we'll be jamming on stuff. Um, you can harass him. I'll put his Instagram handle on Facebook. Send him dick pics too. I told them to send <laughs> Isaac dick pics. You can send do some as well. And uh, guys, we will talk with you in the next episode. Awesome.